I was reading today somewhere on the internet about how people are hypothesizing as to whether or not reality is actually an AI or an artificial intelligence simulation. My immediate reaction to that is negative, you know, is that I think for my own selfish reasons, for my own uh, personal viewpoints, is that does not line up with my hopes and what I want for reality, what I want reality to be. It doesn't um, line up with the things that I perceive, per se. It doesn't line up with really more deeply when I when I examine it, even on a very surface level. It doesn't line up with with my beliefs, with what I want. And so often, I think w what we want is the basis for what we then, you know, kind of believe. Uh, because we can, we can always start with a belief and that belief turns into a want um, after, after a time of sort of getting used to it. But more dangerously, at least from a reality standpoint, from a conscious standpoint, is that we have a number of different wants. And from those wants and desires, we formulate beliefs. And this is, again, unfortunately, how many of our concepts and the ways that we view not only reality but ourselves and really everything consciously that that's how we, we put our minds together is based on how we want things to be we don't want the notion that uh, global warming is a real thing to be true we don't want that so we sort of formulate a belief or, around that um, it's not a very scientific approach it's not a very it's not a very good approach on a number of different levels because it doesn't ascribe to reality and I'm not saying that global warming is or isn't true I'm just using it as an example I think the more obvious and larger example has to do with theistic beliefs which is what I'm kind of getting to here and discovering my own wants about reality being an artificially uh, inseminated sort of program that is run and that we're just sort of you know, a part of. Um, we theistically, regardless of where you land, on what side of the aisle, we all have a belief. You know, it's either you do or you don't, or I suppose you could be an agnostic, just kind of undecided. So, from those, and we, and I, I well, I have to believe that theists are really more hopeful. I, I, 
to go with Pascal's wager, you might you may as well bet that there is a God. And if you're wrong, well, there's no consequence there. Um, and if you're right, you reap all the rewards. I mean, it's it's a good bet. So, but I have to believe that most atheists would want to to be wrong. Obviously, in atheism, there's quite a bit of skepticism there, also, um, because the prevailing notion for such a long time has been that that a god of some sort or another exists, and that we all come from that source. It's clearly more hopeful, it's clearly more optimistic, it's clearly something that brings us an answer, something that gives us some form of comfort. So, we can see, however, that the belief in this regard, especially in this aspect, especially is highly influenced and informed by the want, especially with theists, especially with those who, who believe in a God, because of course that belief, they would want their belief to, to be true. What, what greater truth could be realized than one that puts a god at the center of, of all of this, puts something greater than us. So we can see how that want could quite easily inform the beliefs, desire informing belief. So, this gets me to what I had been thinking about a lot here today, which is that I've read an article today on the internet that basically makes the case for us all living in an artificially intelligent simulation. And there are a lot of people out there, apparently, who are going along with this idea. And that's fine. Uh, Again, but my sort of basic reaction was, it was an aversion to this kind of thinking. It was, I was, I could feel myself so rooted against it. However, I didn't want to just write it off. I didn't want to just say, well, that's a bunch of malarkey. That's nonsense. And just kind of go about my day. Because in the age that we are living in, in the computer age, with computers having as much influence as they do, with 
artificially uh, inseminated scenarios and happenings and machines doing all the things that they are for human for for our humanity the the two are blending they're overlapping in ways that only science fiction up to this point has really fathomed so i think it's important to explore this potential to see how it might be different or the same, or where it might be reasonable, or logical, or the opposite of of those uh, things. And again, to kind of to kind of look at it as objectively as we can. However, I, I will say that it's no secret to myself or to anyone who who knows me or has heard um, or read any of the things that I've said or written. Um, that I very much, and I hate to use, I hate to say that I believe in a reality, but I think that up to this point, all my work has demonstrated that there is a reality, that there is something that is basic. It's the platform from which everything else exists from. The ancient Greek philosophers called this the Kora, it's the reciprocal. Taoism calls it the Tao. Hinduism, you know, a state of, of nirvana. It's that ultimate reality, that ultimate thing that we play within and off of Uh, but it allows us to be it brings forth being and being rests there and becomes one within it so the contention about a computer simulated reality is that we are living in something that is a dream state for us and that what we are involved in is something that is completely fabricated and drummed up by uh, something else that is again artificially implanting our sensory perceptions and all this phenomena and, and blending them together and making us, tricking us into believing that what we have and see here is real. Now, my first problem with this is that we seem to make a giant inductive leap. I believe logic would call it an an inductive leap, an inductive fallacy, that computer simulations are what we think they are. Um, Being that this simulation is presumably so far advanced in technology, 
I imagine that it would, if it was true and if it was really what was happening, that we it we it would resemble nothing of what we imagine a computer simulation to to actually be. So the theory is at its wildest sort of premise that I believe in organic intelligence. Not that I understand it fully, but I think I think taking it to its again most extreme sort of edges that an organic intelligence grew and um, came up with or developed a simulation and it has fooled us all into believing that that simulation is is the reality that we that we live in now so that an organic intelligence has somehow subverted us consciously and is making us all think that we are participating in something that is real when in fact it is not again the 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 first technical problem that i have with it is that we assume that we know what this computer simulation would actually be i suppose again from a technical standpoint which i'm not really (coughs) as concerned about is what would what do our real selves what what does that look like if this was true what would we be quote unquote really doing what would we be what would our real experience be what who would who would our real selves be would we have what would our bodies be what would what what does that again look like difficult to imagine but I, I suppose if we are so imbued with you know, an artificial reality that we're unable to see otherwise maybe the veil would be heavily pulled over us but it, it seems a logical kind of question to ask and my work is not necessarily all that based in logic to be quite honest it's not all that necessarily uh, contingent on it, really. Uh, it, not in a traditional sense, anyways. It really hinders solely on what reality is. And here, talking about something, what reality isn't, I am sort of short circuiting to intentionally throw a pun out there. So I, I don't, I don't get it quite but again this is uh, I can acknowledge that and I can uh, kind of play it out to whatever tune or tuning that, that my mind can get given all these things and again I'm trying to do it as objectively as possible observing the fact that I have uh, some natural hang-ups with it given my own um, previous thoughts, but 
I'm trying my best to sort of let those go by the wayside and think about this as objectively as possible. And of course, when I do that, to completely counter what I just said, <laughs> I oftentimes speak about the fact that in order for anything to happen, it has to be charged by something. There is a, a battery or something that has to give it life, right? There's something that has to generate to be the catalyst for it happening in the first place. There has to be an intention. There has to be something that motivates the happening itself. Otherwise, it's pointless. Otherwise, there, there, there is no phenomenological happening or any kind of happening for that matter that is not born of some sort of intention, that is not born of some kind of need or, or moving towards an end. There are arbitrary things clearly that happen on the way to a greater end, on the way to that final destination. You know, you are on a road trip and you have to stop along the way to get gas. The gas station is not the final destination, it's a byproduct of the final destination. Um, it's an inevitable consequence of trying to reach that thing and it, you know, maybe picking up a pack of gum is just something you do at the gas station, which is free choice, choice which is arbitrary. You didn't have to do it. Um, while you were buying the pack of gum, you got a paper cut on your hand, pulling out the money. Those, these are arbitrary sort of byproducts of the, the grander journey. They may not necessarily mean anything, although it all comes together to formulate the experience. And it all has to have a direction. Everything that we see, everything that we experience has directionality. That's what time is. It is directionality. And how we experience time is a completely other topic. It is, it can be experienced in a variety of different ways. Just because physically we experience it in a very linear A to Z fashion doesn't mean that we don't have the capacity conscientiously to experience Z to A by our own choosing. We could do that if, if, that, I mean, we can sit here and think, I can sit here and think about the day today. I can quiet everything else. I can shut off my, my conscious linear mind moving in a singular direction and think of it, uh, think of the, the progression of the day backwards and experience that sort of atemporally in a reverse temporal kind of way. Um, so time can be experienced in this fashion. 
and again looking at it as a grand destination as a larger journey is through phenomena that in a way um, makes sense that we have experiences which build off of one another and from those experiences we have an ex ever-expanding consciousness from a, just a conscientious standpoint again that makes a lot of sense it's directional it gives us something to move towards that is this expansive kind of consciousness it provides for us some sort of intentionality that no matter how insignificant how short our lives might be we still have gained something through the experiences how painful my god how, how painful lives can be we've gained from that pain we've digested it and although we may have come out bittered embittered and you know sort of flat because of it we have the choice to learn from it and and we have the choice to react to it in a certain way. So there is that. Now, if this is all an artificially inseminated simulation, reality, that is, I'm not sure that I understand the intention of it. I'm not sure I get or could imagine now just because I can't imagine it does not necessarily does not necessarily counter it. However, <laughs> everything has to be intended. Reality itself can't be a byproduct. It's not that paper cut on your finger when you're stopping along the side to pay for a pack of gum on the larger road trip. Reality is the road trip itself and your experience with it. The beautiful thing about Verity and one's own relationship, the vim that is created between the self and the real is that again they are they are reciprocating that each are playing a part in and with one another this being the case it, it's something that is living and active just itself is living and active and is creating intention uh, as it goes along as it moves through itself um, it further creates meaning. I don't, and you have to have, this is what we, we don't necessarily understand or don't always acknowledge. 
when we're talking about scientifically this cold factual observe or uh, observance of repetition is that there has to be meaning within and meaning is inherent within yes we acknowledge it yes we create it as we go along however it's also inherent in the initial action the initial setup of phenomena and the individual's participation with phenomena is there is me there is an intention of that things happened out of meaning because we intended we at least intended meaning to set up the parameters and now that might sound a little convoluted but so many things basically all the phenomena as it is if we were just to drop ourselves in any particular point in time that point in time was set up a very specific way because so many other things previously intended the the product of their intentions whether it be bees pollinating flowers or mountains growing out of um, uh, fault lines because of pressure on the earth uh, or human beings you know developing electricity all that is everything that reality is is a product of interaction it's a product of things interacting in an intentional way and in a harmonious way in a way that is again a confluence of 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 action that is if viewed holistically uh, extraordinarily meaningful and as extraordinarily uh, profound um, and, and again holistic and something that is more of a connected a multi-connected piece of pu a larger puzzle rather than just random events hooking up and playing out so reality is how it is because of the harmonious interactions of the entire system working together and I know I've said systems are are, are inherently bad but we're talking about more natural systems and I'm using the systems as something that is uh, I'm using I'm trying to use it in a new way it's not a part of uh, old language or it's not a human concept it's a, it's an organic system it's an, uh, a system that that comes together uh, and exists in a very natural way um, so these these organic systems themselves are again a part of a harmonious larger system that is full of intent is full of meaning is full of a direction an evolution a happening a large problem with quote-unquote artificial intelligence is that there would be no apparent direction 
there would be no apparent intention. Now, yes, the Wolanowski brothers, who are famous for having made a, a movie that was popular in the late 90s called The Matrix, starring Keanu Reeves. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. He, um, you know, plays a man who, uh, you know, has chosen to be unplugged from The Matrix, which, you know, is this grand illusion. And once he gets unplugged from the grand illusion, the setup there is that the matrix itself, which is just a machine, just a larger, it's a, it is a computer system operating, having written an organic or inorganic artificially intelligent uh, simulation. And it uses human beings, the actual bodies of humanity, as batteries for the system itself to continue to keep the mainframe of the, the larger computer alive. Now there, we have intentionality, and that would be something that someone such as myself, who is wholly within the matrix, could never really truly perceive given the minor weaponry of the logic that I have at my disposal. Because there we do have intentionality of a kind of being that for its own sustenance wants to harvest the power of another being to keep alive. Now, might be a problem or two with believing that um, machines themselves need to keep uh, or want to keep themselves alive using you know, human beings for uh, a battery. It's a great, great fictional story, however. Um, and a great metaphor uh, for potentially, you know, th this kind of uh, peek into reality. However, this implies that when we, we've given now artificial intelligence, uh, or artificial intelligence has given itself a sense of purpose. But in reality, in an actuality, would a, what point would a machine have to keep itself alive? Why would a machine want to keep itself alive? I, I think that that's a a real question that, you know, again, if we're playing out the scenario, we need to, to ask. Um, because if we are just living out 
an AI simulation. We it's it's a, it's we need to to really explore it. Um, and it's a it's a very I mean it's it's logical to ask the question given the fact that and if if we understand reality itself any part of it we have to see that there is intentionality just ingrained within it everything is moving towards something everything really is evolving and I don't necessarily even mean evolving in the biological sense I mean expanding its own experience so I suppose that we could say that or argue that even a machine needs to expand its own experience and conscious but to, in order to do that it, it really needs a consciousness it really needs a consciousness that is beyond something artificial so I suppose in a way if it was if this artificial um, intelligence was given directionality by a consciousness that had an organic tie to it I, I suppose that it could um, have the craving for more and more consciousness itself it could set itself up to want more and more experiences I'm not sure how that would work or what it would look like short of a matrix kind of fantastical um, you know look at or fantastical <laughs> fictional uh, at least seemingly fictional um, setup sets the stage as you know again a machine that needs a battery it's a, it's a brilliant story and it's clearly pushed people's thinking and consciousness itself and understanding about who we are and what we are uh, to a different level or to at least a different direction. And it's an extraordinarily interesting direction for sure. However, I'm not entirely convinced, again, that the, the motivation would be there. Um, because uh, what purpose does it serve? What what would the what would the purpose be? Uh, again, I suppose it could be some matrix style want to you know keep itself alive by using our experiences or our own consciousness against us to do so. I suppose that that is true. That could happen. I suppose. Um, or that. You know, I don't. I don't know. It's difficult to to imagine what the intention would be, because again, there would have to be a purpose for it.
then I suppose we have to ask ourselves, does it really matter what's driving the simulation? Well, and I think this is where I'm at a belief level, a personal level, so diametrically opposed to it. Because I think what happens is, at least for me, again, being a, a biased you know, in, individual, which for the umpteenth time here, I'll, I'll say that I, I try not to be when I'm doing these reflections and doing any sort of philosophical work. I try to remove myself from it as much as possible. How, however, here I, I certainly acknowledge that there is something that revolts in me when talking about this subject. But I, I think one of the things that is so repulsive to me about it is that it somehow takes out, it takes out not only a, a deity from orchestrating reality, Although it really ultimately does not. We have to keep that in mind. It's just because this is, let's say it is, a artificially, uh, you know, an AI simulation. It doesn't necessarily exclude that there's a deity. Just that the reality that we are operating within isn't what we think it is. But however, you know, Plato said that thousands of years ago. That's the allegory of the cave all over again. And we'll get to that in a moment. However, I think what I dislike about this outside of people's assumption that it, it replaces a deity, which it does not, because we could be living, again, we could be living in the simulation and still there's the need for a deity for something beyond for a reality there's still a reality somewhere right so there's still verity verity is still very much in operation it's alive and well somewhere operating in some way somehow we just don't fully or necessarily understand what it is and we think that it is something that it is clearly not because our perceptions of reality are not what we think they are. This is what a philosophical war is about. However, this is exactly what it's about. However, philosophical war sets this up as it's not our artificial intelligence necessarily that's keeping us from verity. It's conceptualization. It's something within our own consciousness. And certainly even in an artificial simulation, the same would be true which is, I'm starting to hammer closer to my point. But let me go back to why my, my diametrics are, are so on hinges here. It's because, again, not only does it take away from a soul, or from a, from a deity, but it also somehow, I think, conscientiously removes a soul from humanity in, in, in some way. Is that we're simply tricked into believing that something is a way that it is when it is not and that somehow at least initially waters down our souls 
waters down. And and I'm not even saying that I believe in an immaterial soul that exists separately from the body. We, we, We really can't have something. Reality is reality is right it it's a composite of all of these things so you can't have the cartesian manifest that operates as you know this this mind body dualism it it can't operate like that we've set up a western society based on it however it can't can't operate in that way not not wholly anyways but what it does is it waters us as beings down and it certainly waters down what reality is even as a possibility so it waters our quote unquote souls down and I I am more comfortable with the language of it makes vim that is the the experience that is generated the energy the entropy that is generated within the field of reality it makes vim the operating energy of reality it, it waters that down and it it really dilutes it and it makes it diet vim <laughs> it makes it something that is is lesser than what it is along with verity itself along with reality but here's the other the other thing that I just touched on a moment ago to where we're kind of driving this boat towards is that it all comes back to a conscious experience on our part it all comes back to something that we live something that we are conscious of something that we have an experience with however it's the filter it's the thing that sets the stage and again this is where that stage setting it doesn't doesn't quite gel with our understanding of what artificial intelligence is or would be in this scenario however we could say that with a great deal of certainty that what we are are participants within the veritable field and here's where Descartes made I think his greatest con- contribution to say I th- how do we know that we exist at all well we're conscious he said I think therefore I am what that means is we're, again we're conscious we have a level of consciousness 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 is the existence Consciousness is the is. Awareness is what is. And yes, you can have someone who is a vegetable, someone who has no mental capacity, who still exists in a field of reality. That's, that's for certain, obviously. 
However, they could have they could have no brain function whatsoever, and, and still have a material reality. Right? However, whatever that internal vim is, whatever that internal life force is, isn't really turned on in that state. And this goes back to what we were talking about a moment ago is, can you have an immaterial soul that's separate from the body? Well, you have to, on this plane, have all of these things working in order to be in a veritable relationship, in order to have your own internal vim on this plane. We need all those things functioning because that produces the kind of consciousness that we're aware of. Now, is it possible that we have something, that uh, we have an immaterial soul that exists um, and just inhabits the, a vessel of the body? That's an exploration for uh, another topic or another another time what would I would say if I was forced to make a uh, reaction about it there's clearly something going on that sparks consciousness right that sparks life itself the universe itself is alive you put things together in a certain way, you put material things together in a certain way, organic things that are not alive, that are not conscious, it becomes alive and it becomes conscious. However, we can't really point directly to what this quote-unquote immaterial soul would be. So I'm not sure it's wholly worth discussing in this particular exploration it has a, its place it has its place um, or maybe it is completely relevant and, and we will get there uh, within this exploration uh, eventually however right now we're, we're, what we're trying to figure out is What is reality? Is reality something simulated? Is what we call real not real? Is it is it fictitious? Is it phony? Well, all the mystics, all the religions, all of them say, to some degree or another, this is not the ultimate plane. What? we are putting together through our experiences with our own consciousness, the way it's been set up, and phenomena, all of that working together is not the final thing. It's not all that there is. And we can certainly, in a very real way, in a very uh, certain way, in a, in, a, in a way that is um, completely and totally logical and, 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 and proved to a great de degree that that is true there are things that happen even within this phenomenological field that would point to that we can't 
you know, we can't, we don't, because of our faculties being what they are, we can't experience all the things that even the physical world has for us or that are happening to us at any given moment. So why should we think that we understand the operationality of time in, in its full capacity or the operationality of consciousness or even our own consciousness because again in this plane on this path we are in fact limited by our physicalities by what is biological and organic to the sphere so the question that we might have to really ask ourselves and this is again I suppose where I just don't like personally where it leads or what the answer is is that does it matter if it is if what we think of as real quote-unquote is a computer simulation or if it is the allegory of the cave or if it is you know the forms or if it is you know the underplane of heaven if it's not real then does it matter what generated it we can argue you can argue this uh, any number of ways but we're not here to argue we're here to find out we're seeking truth. We're seeking verity. And veritably, we have to understand, we have to see that, and here's where I think again, things break down a little bit. And I think we have to approach this more simplistically. You know, it's very easy in this age of computers in this age of artificial, you know, uh, simulator technology, artificial intelligence, that that we begin to couch things, we begin to talk about things, we begin to understand things in ways that we experience outside of um, our ourselves, or in the ways that we are now putting the world together. We've got a lot of computers are uh, a part of everything we do. It would make sense that. There is a large push to uh, say that computers are, that the reality is an artificially intelligent uh, simulation. Just like back in Plato's day, there was a lot of fire and a lot of fucking caves and stones that people, or, you know, shelters that people lived in and stones around. And so that's where how he put things together. But I think we have to approach this more simplistically. I think we have to approach this from a place of finding out by mere experience of, by coalescence, by being with, by caressing, by, by having that mutual-ness, by, be, by being with ourselves, and, and again, having the simple experience of. Another in a litany of things that 
I feel like, at least in the way that we understand what artificial intelligent, artificially intelligent simulations would are, is that there are within them. And I, I don't even understand that much about AI simulation. I, I, I really don't. I really don't. But within them, from what I do understand, is there you know are participants, yes, but the participants don't ultimately really affect um, the outcome of of the the whole thing. They, it affects their minor little piece, you know the. You know, you, you play a computer game and that universe can be wholly affected by your participation within it. But the whole game itself isn't affected. Um, in our world, however, whatever it is, what you do is effectual. It's not only effectual on your track, on what you do as a human being, it's effectual on the consciousness of others. It's effectual on the rest of, of the world, the phenomenological world, sure, but it, it's effectual on the consciousness of, of others. It, it, can't, it does something to awaken and... and awaken or, or or stir or emote other people's consciousness so regardless of the setup an ai is just it would be just a setup it would just be the it would just create the playing field it wouldn't actually affect the reality reality think about it it wouldn't affect the ultimate reality or at least it would seem because we are still conscious we would still have an existence outside of this basic reality or whatever this is The, uh, the simulation, or the, the earth under heaven, or whatever it might be, that's just, it's the playing field, it's the scenery. What matters in any production are the characters and the plot. Now, I don't want to basely equate Verity to play, a theater, a theatrical happening, a dramatic happening of a movie or fucking ballet for that matter. I don't, I don't want to go there necessarily. Although artistically and poetically, there's certainly a lot of room to, to do that and I'm not necessarily knocking it. However, in an exploration about what is real, I think another metaphor probably doesn't serve us all that much good. But this is just precisely the point is that however we describe this, I think that it, it almost doesn't matter 
what the reality is, what, the, what it is that sets the stage. What matters is our reaction to it. What matters is our, again, going back to the simplicity of ourselves and the deep power within that simplicity of just being aware, just being awake, just being. Just by being without getting swept away in, in the currents of concepts, of conceptualization. Well, in the currents of what's happening within the field. Just be aware, being aware of the field will give us an extraordinarily deep insight into the makeup of that field. Into the composite of what really is because then we see our own power and then we see our own worth regardless of whether we're our real bodies quote unquote are sitting you know in a a, a physical reality that we can't quite attain being used as some sort of battery um, or whether we have a, a soul that is sort of trapped within the vessel of our, of our bodies or or whether even if you know again I hate to open these doors because I think it's so apparently so apparently untrue that there is nothing beyond this from an atheist standpoint or this atheistic standpoint that there is there is nothing I think that's so ever apparent that I, I hate to open again that can of worms so to speak but even so though what does it matter what it is why do we need to concern ourselves with the things that make us what we think we are why not take some responsibility for that why not be the stage setters ourselves why not reset the stage you know, which would be even better why not give ourselves that simplistic power of observation of finding out who we are on a conscious level being aware of the things that make us what we are and allow us to be and allow us to to find out 
that allow us ourselves, that allow us this effectual, magical influence that we have over phenomena itself. Again, whether it be a simulation or something that is wholly other, I mean, you know, these are just words, right? This is just a concept, it's just an idea. It's just a label at the end of the day. The experience is what the experience is. And we're not even saying that it's of no consequence because the consequence is really given weight or not by the individual. It's given that weight by, by you, the observer. For us, uh, on the whole, there's nothing that we need to do to give something any more clout or weight other than acknowledge it and, and, and live in step with our experiences and more important more importantly live in step with our, our own selves our own true hearts it doesn't matter what sets the stage then because it doesn't actually affect the reality it doesn't it could be artificial intelligence it could be a god it could be freaking alien it could be a dream right that's the most overplayed cliche ever right it's all a dream there's still reality there is still something there is period there, there still is existence is you're a part of it so don't be played down don't be, don't look at one's yourself as something less significant because the play is, is not directed by the thing you thought it was. Again, what does it matter? You're, you're still a player within it. No small roles. No small, no small roles, only small actors, right? Well, there's no small consciousness. There's no small observation. There's so much beauty in the world. There's so much to take in. And there's so much to give to. There's so much to do. There's so much to experience. There's, there's so much to participate with. And, and what is verity? It's it's this interaction between oneself and it. It's vim. It's this creation of vim. It's this creation of energy. It's this creation of it's this creation of its core essence itself. It's being with. 
it's taking the vim it's taking these energies and forces and digesting them and canonically spewing them back out in a different way in a way that makes it a little bit your own and a little bit something you could have never in your wildest dreams imagined at the end of all of this whatever it is that sets the stage rest assured that there is still consciousness itself and that is clear because we are a part of it there is a form of consciousness and we're within it still we're within its field we're one sector of it might be ultimately extraordinarily true that there is no self that when we think of we've set up our consciousness to operate in a way in which it does not perceive a self that's kind of scary for our egoic natures for our personhoods and yet very freeing obviously So, again, we have to ask. We have, there's a lot to digest when asking this, but it, it seems, again, and this is a biased statement coming from Joe Atman, the person, not Atman itself, the observer, the, the collection of different experiences removing itself and just being able to articulate the observation through an objective standpoint that is uh, nothing more than than that pure pure observation it's it's almost as though it's <laughs> I hate to say who gives a shit because that brushes the question aside but it would seem here, here it is the Joe Atman self-statement. It seems to me that we're simply retooling the language of the ancient argument. Is is this all a dream? <clears throat> part of our dream, part of God's, what old language would call God anyways. Is this a shadow, all shadows on the cave? But yeah, in a certain way, Joe Atman wants to say, who gives a fuck? Because if we understand our own self-worth, none of it matters. None of it matters. If we understand that 
we are a part of something real. Then we have reality within us. Then we are reality itself. Then we are verity. And we clearly understand that and clearly feel and it, it comes back almost more than anything too simple feeling. If we can feel that we have some influence over ourselves, over our own consciousness, and we clearly have influence over our own consciousness, that is apparent. Being so, if we have influence over our own consciousness, we can affect just even ourselves. Even if everything else, even if this is all a simulation, even if this is all just some giant setup just for us, how more beautiful even is, is that in a way? And again, what does it matter what it is that sets the stage? We, we know ourselves to be effectual just given the fact that our consciousness expands, our experiences expand. We, we are nothing if not for beings that create and obtain meaning and give it back. We have a dialogue with the world, with reality itself. It shapes us and we shape it in this unending interplay. That's what Vim is. That's the creation of Vim. It's the energy of, it's the being with the crescents. So, fret not. Whatever sets the stage is merely a stage setter itself for reality, for verity. There is still verity in the end. It doesn't matter how many steps are between you and it. It still exists and so do you. And we can cut through those multivariant inner layers between Verity and, and ourselves. Again, by simply being ourselves, by simply acknowledging us and being our simple, simple, our simplicity is our key. It's the, the most underutilized yet most powerful tool in our arsenal. We don't do ourselves a ton of good when we sit around wondering, I suppose, when we sit around wondering what the state, who, what, what the scenery is. It's scenery. That's all it is. the end it comes down to putting faith into that larger thing 
and into ourselves. That although we might not be in control, there's a beauty and a freedom in going along with that ride. And, and ultimately, we do have influence. We do have control because that consciousness that we enjoy is ultimately still within our power. So it is that consciousness that we need to learn how to manipulate, to expand, to focus, to cultivate. Once we do that, we set up this direct channel with Verity. And again, once that happens, there's no longer a need for a stage. There's no longer a need for a setting. There is only ourselves and Verity only ourselves and what is. And once we see that, we realize that those two things are the ultimate reality. And being such, there is nothing else. <laughs>